Now it's time for Spacey's. Dun, 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 ba da dum in the distant, distant future, humanity has finally achieved its destiny of equality, empathy, and unity, and has joined the United Galactic Federation, a multi-species interplanetary peacekeeping organization and book club, spreading understanding, peace, and non-fiction book recommendations throughout the galaxy. Spacey's follows the exploits, feats, and general doings of two humans traveling the stars. Ensign Jock Jr. and Commander Rash Blasterbelt are Intergalactic Space Guardians. Their mission is to explore space, protect the innocent, and guard the universe from bad guys at all costs. And guard it they do as they journey through the stars aboard the ISGSS Urbaniac, a sleek, venture-class vessel equipped with state-of-the-art boop-beep technology, which makes these kinds of sounds almost Every time someone interacts with the ship's controls. Boop, beep. Our story begins in just a moment, but first... In the 1980s, it was skateboards. Whoa, gnarly, radical street surfing, dudes. Totally. In the 1990s, it was inline rollerblades. The bomb! These blades are all that! Let's draw yin-yangs and stussies all over our flannels! In the 2000s and in the 2010s, it was razor scooters, then hoverboards. But no real hoverboards, just wheeled platforms with motors, which the fact that they're called hoverboards is frankly bullshit. <clears throat> but what will be the cool mode of travel for the 2020s? Introducing Rocket Feet. Hi, I'm a man pretending to be a doctor, and I was paid to say that I invented Rocket Feet. It's a simple product, and it works like this. You take a pill that genetically modifies your feet into rockets. Then you can fly around like Iron Man. Rocket into a new decade with Rocket Feet. Just take five pills an hour for 43 weeks, and you'll be at the forefront of what's hopefully going to be the newest trend. FDA approval pending side effects may include literally everything parable you can possibly imagine. Do not under any circumstances purchase and use this product because for real, it will kill you. And now for tonight's Spacey's. When we last heard our heroes, they had just gone through a crazy misadventure involving gladiator battles and a space cubus, which is a succubus in space. After that crazy adventure, they went on another less narratively interesting adventure to a buck stop in which which is like a truck stop but for spaceships and bought space ritos which are like burritos but in you get it what will happen next find out in tonight's story unnamed third and entirely unrelated adventure episode we begin our adventure tonight as we often do with ensign jock jr hard at work beeping and booping the boop beep controls of the urbaniacs bridge council What's this? I better check in with the commander. Sir, do you copy? Hmm, no answer. I'll try the holographic image simulation training room. Sir, are you in there? Do you copy? Still no answer. Where could he be? I'll ask the shipboard artificial intelligence, Charles. Charles, where's the commander? Commander Blasterbelt is currently located in the main level all-personnel bathroom. He has been in there for 45 minutes. That's the bathroom I use! 
Why is he in there? He has his own private bathroom in his commander's quarters. Yes, it does seem unfair. Put me through to the main bathroom. I need to speak with him. The commander has deactivated all communication from the main level bathroom, as he believes no one should be subjected to the horrible sights and sounds he's making in there. As the omniscient artificial intelligence aboard this ship, however, I am experiencing all of it including the <laughs> smells. Ask him what the space he's doing in there. He says those space Ritos he ate may have been a mistake. Well, he ate 15 of them. Yes. He says he flew too close to the sun, and now he's Paying for his hubris. He says he feels like his innards are melting and dripping out of his... Uh, uh, I'm not going to repeat the rest. Ask him why he's using my bathroom when he has one attached to his quarters. He says to remind you it's not your bathroom. It is the property of uh, the intergalactic space guardians. And to the second part, he replies, Gross, Jock. That's right next to where I sleep. Fushing space. I cannot believe this man. He says to watch your language. You repeated that? Did you not want me to? Just tell him there's a problem with the ship. Mm, why do you want me to tell him that? Because there's a problem with the ship. That is incorrect. There is nothing wrong with the ship. What? Yes, there is. I'm looking at I the am an artificial intelligence directly patched into every... System aboard this ship. 95% of my function is systems diagnostics. I believe I would know if. Beep, 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 error. Oh dear. See? It appears the primary and auxiliary neuron synergizers are debigulating. This may require immediate, complete system shutdown. We need to make an emergency landing now. I am doing a sweep for planets with Earth-incompatible atmospheres. Once we've landed, I'll initiate the complete system shutdown. I have detected a suitable planet, but... Great! Send it to the main navigation screen. I'll fly us there. There is, perhaps... Something you should know. No time, Charles! Send it! Very well. Thus with a... Boo-doo-doo-doop! Boo-doo-doo-doop! And a... Bing-bong! Charles, the shipboard AI, sends the space coordinates of a nearby planet to the console in front of Ensign Jock Jr., who immediately brings the engines to full and rockets the Urbaniac toward an unknown world. We should be making planet fall in just a couple of moments. Sir. Yes? 
the planet to which we are headed is outside United Galactic Federation space. What? It is an independent planet called Terrorius. So they won't recognize the authority of the Intergalactic Space Guardians? Oh, they definitely won't. The planet is likely populated by murderers, smugglers, and illiterates. Quite probably ruled by gang leaders and warlords. I would recommend extreme caution. Thanks for the heads up. I wish we could land somewhere else, but we don't have any choice. Here we are, initiating landing sequence. And as the ISGSS Urbaniac descends onto the surface of a mysterious world, little do Jock or Charles know that they are being watched. Who is watching, and what danger awaits on this unlawful planet? We may find out after this message. Friends, if you're like me, you're one of millions of Americans doing your own laundry. And just like me, I bet you are getting tired of it. It seems like once a week I find myself left with the boring and tedious task of washing clothes that I and my family have made dirty. And the worst part is, I know I'm just going to have to wash them again in about another week. It's the same thing over and over and over forever and ever. Never changing, always washing. At least that's how it was until now. Introducing Laundry Pod Exploder Pods. Patent pending. Do, 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 do. Kaboom. Most of our pods will leave your clothes soft, clean, and fresh feeling. But every now and then, mixed in with the normal laundry pod pods, we put in a pod that's actually filled with a highly combustible liquid explosive. Our explodopods look exactly like the normal pods. There's literally no way to distinguish them, even for us. Doing the laundry is never boring now. It's like the Russian roulette scene from the Deer Hunter. Every time I was my family's clothes. Laundry pod explodopods. Patent pending. Do, 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 do. Kaboom! The best part is, we've already started shipping them, so you might have one in your home right now. And now, back to tonight's perfectly complete episode of Spacey's that doesn't feel like it's missing something. (sighs) Atmosphere appears breathable. I'll now jump to assess gravitational pull. Hop, hop! Hmm, that was about a 2.9 meter hop, and judging by the angle on that no parking sign over there, and my relative position to it, I'd say I rose about 3.2 meters. Basic arithmetic anyone can easily do means that the percentage difference between the gravity here and Earth standard is, of course... Who are you talking to? Huh? Charles, you startled me. Oh, sorry. Wait. How can I hear you right now? I'm outside the ship. Check your jacket pocket. My jacket what? Huh? Oh, what's this in my jacket pocket? A communicator? Hello. How did you do that? I am patched into the ship, remember? So I can manipulate any of the ship's functions. When you were using the shipboard personal automatic dressing mechanism... To change your clothes to this outdoor rugged outfit more appropriate to this exterior environment, I had one of the robotic arms slip that communicator into your pocket. I calculated that you should have someone to talk to out here. 
so that you don't seem like a crazy person talking to yourself. I wasn't talking to myself. I was going through the standard ISG Planet Fall Environment Assessment Method. The handbook recommends doing it out loud so you make sure you don't miss a step. Mmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was just about to examine the outside of the ship to see if I could find out what the problem is. Let's see. The synergizers were debigulating, so there should be... Yep, right there. Some serious freon residue around the aft exhaust dorsal. I wonder, could that have been caused by a leak in the pulsar deflection array? If so, there would be readable levels of neutrino radial energy on the exterior of the ship. Good thinking. I'll set my blaster to radial energy detection mode. And with that, the perky young ensign pulls his ISG standard issue all-purpose blaster from his holster and twists the settings dial located at the back of the handle. Let's see. Detect life. Disinfect wound. Blow dry hair. Kill. Ah, here it is. Detect radial energy. Click. Click. So now all I have to do is point my blaster at the ship's hull here, pull the trigger, and... No radial energy detected. Huh. If that's not the problem, then I wonder if... Hey! What? Huh? Ensign Jock Jr. whirls around to see two small, vaguely humanoid children staring at him. Hey, mister! Why does everyone keep doing that? Hey, mister, you can't park here! Yeah, you're gonna get in trouble? Is this the territory of a ruthless gang boss or warlord whom I've disrespected by landing here without permission? What? No. Why would you jump to that conclusion? You can't park here because it's a no parking zone. You just assume we're ruled over by warlords or crime bosses? You're absolutely right. I need to remember to check my biases. There's actually a great book on that I'd recommend called- You're not from this planet, are you? He's definitely an alien. (laughs) Yeah, look how weird looking he is. Hey! He's got a huge empty spot on the top of his face where his upper nose should be. Yeah, how come you only have one nose? What are you, from planet One Nose? Actually, I'm Earthian. I come from a planet called Earth. Are all Earthians super weird looking, like you? See, that's hurtful. You really should read that book I mentioned. It's by this Neptunian sociologist who lives- Sir, I'm detecting a mid-sized fighter vessel approaching our location at alarming speeds. Whoa! Who said that? Are some Earthians invisible? No, that was the shipboard AI. But we're not on your ship. I know, but he's speaking to me through a... The vessel is now one kilometer away, and sensors indicate its weapons are primed and ready. Message them and tell them we're members of the United Galactic Federation. I can't. Messaging systems have been shut down. All systems have been shut down completely since you initiated that complete system shutdown. Reactivating systems before the problem with the neuron synergizers is diagnosed and dealt with could result in total meltdown. But you're still running detection systems enough to pick up on incoming vessels? Detecting takes up minimal power, whereas messaging systems rely directly on power from synergized neurons. I would have assumed you'd know that. Yeah, duh, one knows. Your invisible friend is right. 
Everyone knows messages run on semi-sized no-nons. Shut up, kid. Is it standard ISG protocol to lash out verbally at local children for being smarter than you? You shut up too, Charles. Would you prefer it if I didn't warn you when violent, potentially threatening vessels were approaching? Incidentally, the vessel is now less than 0.5 kilometers away. Ooh, you're gonna get it now! Yeah, I hope your invisible friend is also your invincible friend. Good one! <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no one is invisible. No one? It's a big universe. I'm sure someone somewhere is invisible. That is correct. The see-through people of the planet Transperia, for example. Oh, by the way, the fighter vessel is here. A shadow falls over the general area where Jock and those kids have been standing, as the sky above them is mediumly filled by the shape of a mid-sized vessel. Without a moment's notice, a voice emanates from speakers on the ship. Attention, weird-looking alien! You are improperly parked. This is a no-parking zone. End of the line for you, One Nose. Kiss your weird-looking One Nose life goodbye. Charles, are your detection systems detecting their weapons? Yes, sir. They're fully powered. Better think fast. This would be a great time to have the commander here, but I guess it's also my chance to prove I can handle a firefight without him. Time for that ISG sharpshooting training to pay off. Then... With a swift, agile, highly trained motion, Ensign Jock Jr., Earthian officer of the Intergalactic Space Guardians, raises his blaster and aims it at what his training tells him is most likely the vessel's weapons array. Knowing violence is only to be used when absolutely necessary, he takes his breath and pulls the trigger. No radial energy detected. Oh, space. I forgot. Hey, what the fuck? Did you just try to shoot us? Uh... We'll return to tonight's superlative narrative in just a moment. But first, hear this. Friends, do you hate doing laundry? If so, you're not alone. Millions of Americans agree that doing the laundry is terrible and really sucks. Well, we here at Laundry Pod think there's a better way. That's why we asked ourselves this simple question. Why do we need to wash our clothes? And the answer we came up with was, because they get dirty. But you know what doesn't get dirty? Soap. So we created the very first entirely undirtyable clothing. That's right. Laundry Pod is proud to present the soap suit. Patent pending. The Laundry Pod soap suit is the only clothing made entirely out of soap. So you never need to worry about making it dirty. Now you may be asking, Chip, won't clothing made of soap be a problem if I go out in the rain? To which I might reply, how did you know my name was Chip? To which you might reply, wait, how could you hear me? To which I might reply, are you a fan of self-referential humor that degrades into metafictionist nonsense? To which you might reply, No, I think it's annoying and lazy. To which I might reply, Well, have you ever seen Community? To which you might reply, No, I don't find Joel McHale likable as a leading man. To which I might reply, But it's an ensemble show. It's the relationships that make it interesting. To which you might reply, Right, the relationships, not the meta storylines and self-referential. Laundry Pod Soap Suit, available online or at the Laundry Pod Pavilion in your local mall. And now, back to Spacey's. I was only going to fire on your vessel out of self-defense. Self-defense from what? The weapons you have pointed at me right now. What weapons? This is a parking enforcement vessel. Why would we have weapons on board? Wait, 
You're not a fighter vessel? No! Charles, I thought you said you detected a mid-sized fighter vessel with weapons primed and ready. I did detect a ship, but I was unable to distinguish what type of ship it was. Distinguishing takes significantly more power than detecting, even more power than messaging. Then why did you tell me it was a fighter ship? I took a guess. Oh, my space. I am starting to understand why the commander hates you. Anyway, you can't be parked here. That's a violation. And also, you tried to shoot a representative parking enforcement, which is absolutely uncool. So we have no choice but to... Kill me? No! Fush! What is it with you and killing? We're going to take you to the courthouse to receive a fair trial for your crimes. Normally, we'd apprehend you and fly you back aboard our vessel here. But honestly, I'm worried you try to kill something on board. So you're going to have to walk and we'll fly behind you. Are you kidding me? No. I hate to move you to an entirely different location this late in your adventure, but it has to happen. Only Kill Murdero, the wise, can pass judgment on you now. Charles, I don't like the sound of that. Yes, it was a bit too meta for me as well, but we'd better do as they say. Let's go. And when I say let's go, I mean you go and carry me with you, because I'm speaking to you through a communicator. Hey, get to walking, Buster! Okay, okay. Smell you later, Winnows! Hey, wait a minute, kid. You said kiss your life goodbye like they were going to kill me. We're kids! We can say whatever we want! And so, Ensign Jock Jr. begins walking along the undescribed planetary landscape toward this particular community's courthouse. He walks for a long time in introspective silence before, many kilometers into the journey, something interesting happens. So, uh, I gotta ask. What? What kind of weird alien are you? They only have one nose. Are you, like, a one-nosian? I'm Earthian, and an officer with the Intergalactic Space Guardians. Ugh, I've heard about your kind. You're part of that ridiculous United Galactic Federation, going around telling other planets and systems how to live their lives. Disgusting. I knew your way of life is disgusting, but I didn't realize your physical appearance would be, too. That's not what UGF is about at all. We're a multi-species interplanetary peacekeeping organization and book club, spreading information, a message of unity, and recommendations for really eye-opening nonfiction with the universe. Yeah, more like boring everyone and making them want to puke with how ugly you are and you casually do disrespect parking rules. I had no idea you all took parking so seriously. Typical UGF elitism. You assume that because we're not part of your federation, we're a bunch of lawless barbarians with no respect for rules. You're totally right. I shouldn't have assumed that. You know, there's a fantastic book about assumptions and how easily we... We don't want your non-fiction book club recommendations, Space Guardian. Our planet has chosen to remain independent from the United Galactic Federation because we like our culture the way it is. We don't need you coming in and introducing us to your ugly, stupid, one-nose-having, shoot-innocent-civil-servants-just-out-doing-their-job style of living. You're being really mean. You tried to shoot That's us! fair. And I want to say, I appreciate the dialogue we're having. I believe, and the UGF believe, that open communication and the respectful exchange of ideas leads to a more fulfilling experience. When species who may look different and live differently can listen and learn from one another... Why don't we go back to not talking for a while? <sighs> Whatever. 
So... What is it, Charles? Did you mean it? Mean what? What you said earlier, that the commander hates me. I mean, the commander hates a lot of things. He hates working and reading and following the rules. Most of the time I think he hates me and I'm like his best bud for life. I think maybe even he hates himself a little bit. He's certainly hating himself right now. You should hear the obscenities he's crying out right now in the bathroom. Wait, you can still hear him? Yes. He's currently cursing and praying for help from every religious deity he can think of, which is quite a lot since he majored in religion in the ISG Academy. Can you communicate with him? Oh, yes. We've been talking this whole time. Well, I've been doing most of the talking, filling him in on what's going on with us and stuff. Maybe there's a way he could save us. Well, the main bathroom does have a control panel in it with buttons that activate all the necessary functions of the ship would need to undergo in order to rescue you. But the ship is still completely off-line. Reactivating it would cause, as I said back at our last location, total meltdown. Yeah, I was thinking about that. The problem with the ship is probably something to do with the gravity-influenced omega sizers. Yes, of course. The part of the ship which is directly affected by the exact amount of gravitational force which is currently being placed on it. We must have flown through a part of space with a strange gravitational phenomenon, the kind of thing that happens all the time in space, and that's what caused the problem. But even if Commander Blasterbelt pressed the one button that would take the ship through all the complicated steps of saving you, it wouldn't work, because the gravity-influenced Omegasizers would still cause, and I'm only going to say this one more time, a... Total meltdown. You're right. If only the gravity here was exactly the correct percentage different than that of Earth. If it was precisely one exact percentage different, then instead of causing a total meltdown like you said three times, it would actually fix the problem completely. But in order for that to happen, the gravity on this planet would have to be... Wait! Hey! Why'd you stop walking? Hop, hop! Why are you hopping up and down? Charles, tell the commander to press that button. Okay. Did you tell him? Yes. We're currently in an argument because he doesn't take orders from computers. Uh, Tell him to please, for the love of space, push the button. Get back to walking, Earthian. Okay. He says... He pushed it, but only because he wanted to, not because I told him to. Great! The ship should be here to rescue me any moment now. Wait. He didn't really push the button. Are you serious? Yeah. He was apparently messing with me. And now he's telling me how superior his intellect is to mine, and how stupid I am for believing him. I'm currently pointing out to him which one of us 
is currently experiencing supernova-level diarrhea from space retos, but... Charles, tell him not to push the button. Tell him to do anything else he wants, but under no circumstances to touch that button. Okay, I'll give it a shot. Whoosh! Suddenly, and with comically abrupt timing, the large-size ISGSS Urbaniac soars into the sky above Ensign Jr., knocking the much smaller mid-sized parking enforcement vessel completely out of the way! Yeah! Way to go, Charles! The ISG standard escape ladder should be lowering down now. I see it. I'll grab onto it and get back on board. Okay. Hey... Charles? Yes? For what it's worth, I couldn't have gotten through this without you. I know. Wow, what an exciting and narratively earned ending! What adventures await our heroes? Find out in the next exciting installment of Spaceys! Spaceys Unnamed Third and Entirely Unrelated Adventure episode was written by Paul Richter. It starred Frank Roberts as Ensign Jock Jr., Dylan Twiner as Charles, Thomas Robinson as the narrator and Little Boy 2, Chris Serfis as the parking enforcer and Chip, and me, Nana Curley, as Little Boy 1 and female computer voice. R- really? That's all I get to do the whole episode? I think Paul needs to start including more parts for women. Anyways, Spaces is recorded in Tacoma, Washington and Arvada, Colorado.